0: Welcome back. In this week's episode, we talk about the FTX Democrat-Ukraine Triangle, as well as why the red wave turned into the purple puddle. I'm Luke. And I'm Rody. And this is the Right Side of the Compass Podcast. <music> All right, so... What is going on? How How's everything been going, uh, Roadie? My day has been quite wild, actually.
1: Oh, really? Yeah,
0: Because I, I was looking at this meme comparing bands to podcasts.
1: Oh, that's a great meme.
0: It was uh, basically, you know, the Cheems versus the Swole Doge. You know that meme, right?
1: No. Oh, what come is on. That? You
0: need to get better at memes. What you have? Rodi? come on. Memes. This is why we do
1: this. No, I know know the meme where it's like, oh, you know, when your friend says, let's start a podcast, that's like, you know, when, you know, that's like asking like, oh, let's start a band, you know, in like the 90s.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but there was a meme where it was like saying that bands... Like, the, you see the, the sad, like, Shiba Inu dog, and he goes, what if no one listens to my music? And you see, for podcasts, you see a bunch of these, like, buff, swole and basically they say, yeah, so I was at the grocery store today. Yeah, what happened? You know, this woman cut me off. Oh, my God, that sucks. I hate when that happens, bro. They're, like, talking about nonsense, but, like, podcasters do not care if you listen to the podcast. But you should listen to ours, because our podcast is awesome.
1: It is awesome-tacular.
0: I like that word, awesome-tacular. We need to work on that, but I like the energy. Uh, Speaking of uh, random people listening to our podcast, we thank you for listening to the podcast, but we do need your help, dear listener. We're trying to get more exposure so that we can grow as an operation, but to do that, we need your help. We're going to need you to smash that like button because I needed to be a YouTube douche about it. Smash that like button Hit the share button so you can share it with all your friends and family and subscribe to the channel. In addition, you can comment on the video to reach out to us and let us know how awesome we're doing. Or if you don't like it, you could comment and leave a dislike on the video. Whatever you want, as long as we get engagement. And uh, we're also available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, uh, as well as Instagram. I have a Twitter now, so uh, look forward to that. Anyways, is there anything else before we start the first topic? Uh,
1: no. Let's jump right into it.
0: All right. So let's first talk about this. Uh, what happened? I, I, I probably would not have spoken about it this week if it wasn't for how weird it is. This kind of scandal. Anyways, uh, so basically, w- why don't you talk about what happened, Rhodey, with the with regard to uh FTX because. From what I understand, from what I understand, there was a crypto exchange that collapsed in, uh, in like December 2022. And it wasn't a big deal until we found out that the guy who ran it was a billionaire and he lost like tons of money donating to the Democrats.
1: Well, I don't know if that's how he lost the money because that doesn't seem... I, he did like it. He did give a lot of money to. Uh, it says here in 2020, you know, he gave 5.2 million between um, two super PACs aimed at electing Joe Biden as president. I mean, he he was a big like. Um, he did give a lot of people a lot of money for different things. It says here, um, you know. That he spent 135 million, obtained 19 years of naming rights to the Miami Heat's home arena. I got this from the Observer dot uh, com. That's uh, that's where I'm getting my sources. But um, I, that's, I mean, him spending money. I don't think that was how he lost the money. I mean, it says here that he basically used the money that his that has exchange FTX took the money, um, and then used it in their sister company called Alamedia research, um, trading arm and basically used that money for other things. And then essentially what happened is when, when things started going south, and people were liquidating their money, he didn't have the physical money on him to execute the cells, uh, to give the money back. Um, And that's essentially what my understanding of what happened.
0: Right. So, um, which would be fine, I guess. But the thing is, is that we see that maybe they had uh, some sort of ties with the Ukrainian government.
1: Would you like to elaborate on that? Because I wasn't so aware I'm of getting
0: that. Right. So I'm getting this from the NASDAQ, and it says – this is from Cryptocurrencies, a coin desk. Ukrainian official refutes FTX Ukraine money laundering rumors, which, you know, it's kind of like when the government put out a statement saying that birds are real. And so I'm like, hmm, big sus. Uh, anyways, Alex <laughs> Bornyakor.
1: <laughs> Sorry. is <listen, laughs> a funny statement.
0: If the government comes out and says the sky is blue, I will go outside to make sure it's not red. You know just to verify <laughs> uh, I will I will do that. that's how that's how little I trust the government at this point. Um, but yes yeah, so so anyway, so this is the article Alex Bornyakov, which is Borniakov this is a very weird Jewish sounding name, Uh, deputy minister of digital transformation of Ukraine took to Twitter Monday night to officially deny a conspiracy theory around the country's crypto fundraising effort, a fundraising crypto foundation at aid for U- notes at underscore aid for Ukraine used at FTX underscore official to convert crypto donations into fiat in March. Ukraine's government Never invested any funds into FTX. The whole narrative that Ukraine allegedly invested FTX, who donated money to the Democrats, is nonsense, frankly. Bornyakov tweeted, ending with a facepalm emoji. Oh, well, if you used an emoji, then it must not be true. Mm -hmm. Last week... What does
1: one have to... Yeah, go on. Yeah. Keep right. Going.
0: So last week, a theory spread on Twitter and right-wing websites suggest, suggesting the U.S. government's massive aid to the besieged nation rebounded to the U.S. Democratic Party via the failed FTX crypto exchange, which was an official partner of Ukrainian government for the crypto fundraising campaign. FTX filed for bankruptcy last week following Coindesk's report. At the balance sheet of FTX sister company, Alameda Research held a surprisingly large amount of FTT, an exchange token issued by FTX. Soon after that, FTT tanked, spiraling a crisis of liquidity on the exchange and a collapse in the company's value. So, why why does this matter? Well, if well, so let's put it this way, right? If the, when did the war in Ukraine start? It started like when last year, last uh, or at the beginning of this year. When did it start?
1: It started... When did it start? It started... Yeah, something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's say it's been going on for a little under a year, right? This company only failed in the summer, right? So that means for like six months, the U.S. government was giving aid to Ukraine, and the Ukrainians were then sending money to FTX which donated to the Democrat party that means that the that the government joe biden and the white house and the the government currently cuz let's face it they had um you know they had the house they had most of the senate um and they had the presidency they essentially took money that belonged to the us government and they funneled it directly into the coffers of the democrat party well mm- my
1: question is, you know, what's, what's the connection between the two? Those seem like they're two different things. One is talking about money going to the Democrats, and one is talking about how you know, the scandal and the bankruptcy. So what does one have to do with the other?
0: It's, I don't know if the bankruptcy had anything to do with it. I'm saying that it brought attention to it. The fact that the guy in charge of it was a billionaire and he lost his money, but he was donating to the Democrat Party.
1: Mm-hmm. He made
0: money from the Ukrainians who were getting money from the American government, and then he was donating it to the American uh, to the Democrat Party.
1: Uh-huh, a more theorist. cynical
0: person, a more cynical person such as myself, would say that perhaps the American government was funding money directly to a political party.
1: Really, you think the American government knew that Ukraine was giving money to this exchange, this FTX exchange?
0: Well, why not? I don't that's know, like,
1: thing. if I was giving, you know, money to aid a, a country, uh, I don't know, I, well, I'd be thinking the back of my mind, like, who, 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 like, I'm giving money to Ukraine, and they're, and, you know, they're keeping their money with this person that's coming back to me, like, wow, so devious, like, well, no, it's well, like, remember- I'm giving aid, you know, okay, they could do what they want with that kind of money.
0: Well, remember, Joe Biden's son, well, Joe Biden was Barack Obama's point man on Ukraine during the Obama administration. And then uh, the Ukrainians, the the Ukrainian company Burisma put Hunter Biden on the Burisma, on the Burisma board of directors. Right? So it's not like Joe Biden has no, it's not that Joe Biden has no history of being corrupt in Ukraine. What if this whole thing, what if the aid, being sent to Ukraine is on contingency that some of it gets funneled back to the Democrat Party? Sorry, can you repeat that? What if the aid being offered to Ukraine is on contingency that they send some of it back to the Democrat Party and this is the way they did it? Uh, By investing in a crypto...
1: I don't know if that's the case, but usually when the US gives aid to other countries, it usually is contingent that they spend that money in American products. Like, you know, let's say they give them money for military aid, usually they have to spend the, that money on like American weaponry.
0: Um, right. But usually. what? But I didn't realize that the Democrat Party was military weaponry. Like, how so? Okay. It's so nakedly partisan.
1: Okay, but it doesn't seem like – I mean, to me, it doesn't sound like that, you know, there's no – it doesn't sound like that's connected. It seems, It sounds like, to me, it's like they gave Ukraine money, and that without knowing not, – not without knowing, because America knows everything um, – it's more like that – You know, it's like you're giving money, and just happens to be that that's where they put their money to save. You know their their money. Oh, it just
0: happens to be. It just happens to be. It just happens to be that the Ukrainian government decided, instead of buying missiles and weapons, they decided to invest in cryptocurrency.
1: It just happens to be that the sky is blue.
0: (laughs) It It just happens to be. Are you making fun of me connecting the dots here? I don't understand. (laughs)
1: i'm always making fun of you luke
0: you better not
1: Hmm.
0: because i signed your paychecks remember (laughs) what paycheck (laughs) exactly with that attitude that will always be the question (laughs) Uh. yeah so but no but like it's such a weird thing for the ukrainians to like why would they be funneling money into cryptocurrency
1: because it's not regulated not taxed or it's not i mean it actually might be taxed but um it's like it's a universal currency that a lot of you know third party people in different countries accept we don't have to, we don't have to, you don't have to exchange it. I understand the
0: point. appeal of cryptocurrency. I'm trying to figure out why the Ukrainian government would be involved in that.
1: Oh. I don't know. Usually... Uh, oh, I guess it sounds shady, but...
0: It's very like, shady, and considering, and considering Joe Biden's history with the Ukrainians, it is very shady, I would say. Well,
1: first of all these, for, they're in war. You know, if you're... If you're if you're in war, you're probably not doing things the conventional way. So.
0: Yeah, no, it's still very shady. Unfortunately, we're probably not going to get into an investigation into this. Um, but basically, it's just all very convenient, isn't it? I suppose. Just very convenient. Anyways, um... Yeah i think I think uh you and I have our differences on this, but uh, anyways, let's go on to the next topic. Let's talk about the election results. Well, first of all, the the lack thereof of election results, because it seems that we're going a week into this, and some of the elections haven't been called yet.
1: Really. I thought it was already finished by now wow they haven't they didn't finish counting. Wow.
0: No, 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 no. They missed a couple. Um, They literally just announced a couple of hours ago as of recording that Katie Hobbs won the election.
1: All right. She the, is. The, for,
0: she's going to be the new governor of uh Arizona. Oh, nice. Yeah. So Carrie Lake was the strong candidate in Arizona for the Republicans. She was a very uh, MAGA, very populist candidate, and she lost by the skin of her teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think she's gonna sue because she was directly damaged by all the, you know, there. Because if you know what happened, there was a problem with the voting machines in uh, in Arizona. Like a sixth of them, like a, f- a good one fifth of them, didn't work on election day, and there were long lines and everything. So it was that. Um, there was uh, there was a bunch of things that were very sketchy. Um, I would say. You, you, Ma- Maricopa County, of course, was a uh, very bad, but assuming that, you know, there was no funny business, which for the sake of the Google algorithm, I'm going to say that, you know, I was told by all the reliable sources that there was no shenanigans in the 2022 election and that the Democrats won fair and square, just like how uh, the vaccine definitely does not cause myocarditis Um, and definitely just like how, uh, the Democrats definitely did not cheat in 2020 and definitely just how, uh, Trump, uh, colluded with the Russians and the Ukrainians. Um, just as the reliable sources told me those things, um, the reliable sources are telling me that they did not cheat in 2022. So I'm going to believe them because I have no reason to doubt the reliable sources, um, such as CNN and MSNBC and New York times and all those other great sources of uh, real news. Um, anyways, do they say uh, that so the sky is
1: blue too? Uh,
0: if they said that the sky is blue, I would believe them. I wouldn't even go outside to check. <laughs> Just letting you know. And if the <laughs> and if the New York Times said that the birds are real, I would believe them too. <laughs> Uh. Anyways, so now that we got that disclaimer out of the way and now that no one can cancel us for for not going according to the narrative, um, let's talk about why the Republicans did not do nearly as well. Before before we talk about why they didn't do nearly as well, let's talk about what they what the projections were. So I was watching the Tim Cass IRL podcast and he rightly pointed out that like a month before the election, the Republicans were projected to win the House and – it wasn't sure if they were going to take the Senate, and then literally like the week before the election, uh, there was talk of a red wave and that there would be a bloodbath and that the Democrats would rue the day. And rue I think a lot day. of Republicans. Exactly, I think a lot of Democrats are, are are think they won, even though they lost the House. They technically didn't win anything. They they still lost. They just didn't win by as good of a margin as they would have liked. The Republicans in the House. Yeah, no, they lost the House. That's let me just check the numbers again because listen, it could be that the Democrats discovered more ballots um, Uh, while I wasn't paying attention.
1: In the House, Democrats got two hundred five, while Republicans got two seventeen. Right. And in the Senate, Democrats got fifty, while Republicans got forty nine. And this is according the to the Guardian.
0: <clears throat> so I'm looking at the Google Live updated uh, report. It seems that... Um, why is there a run... Okay, so in GA, there's a runoff. In GA, there's a runoff. Um, Alaska. It looks like Alaska... The, the last Senate race, they're still conducting in Alaska. In Alaska they're still conducting it. Um... What the hell is going on in Alaska?
1: So you're saying that the Democrats are celebrating that, like, they won even though they lost the House?
0: Technically, they lost, but what they're really celebrating is... Uh, they, won cel- the,
1: they won the Senate, though. They have a majority in the Senate.
0: Oh, no, not really. Not, re- not that I see. Um, okay, it looks like that's not the case. In the Senate, it looks like the Republic oh, – this is what uh, – what's it called? In the- This is what it shows on Google. Google says that the Democrats have 48 seats. Um, other parties have two seats. So perhaps that's what they're referring to because maybe the independent seats are, uh, are, are left-leaning. Because I don't think Bernie Sanders is technically a Democrat. Uh-huh. But is it looks not? like no, I don't think so.
1: <clears throat> I thought he was. Well, you think he's independent?
0: He is not independent. Right, in 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 Georgia, there's gonna be a runoff between Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker, which we know in all likelihood Raphael Warnock is gonna win. Not to bum anyone out, but that's just the reality. Raphael Warnock's likely going to win. Um, as far as I can see, the only Senate race that hasn't been called so far, besides for Georgia, is in Alaska, but it looks like a Republican's going to win no matter what happens. Um, the only question is whether it's going to be Kelly Chewbacca or Lisa Murkowski. It looks like it's going to be Kelly Chewbacca, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, the the point is is that the Democrats won a lot of elections that were they were projected to lose, and I think that's what they're celebrating.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. I guess it goes to show that you can't trust projections.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you have to understand there were a couple of problems with the projections, and if you watch Timcast, I think I think Tim Pool and the company over there, they did a very good overview of what the problem is. Um, and and I do want to discuss a couple of problems with the voting. Like, why did the Republicans not do as well as they thought they were going to do? Because it looks like they're going to take the House. It looks like it. Although, again, we don't know. Um, we don't know how many uh, seats the Republicans are going to have. It could be that the Democrats will just win every single election, um, the rest of the elections, until we get to 435. Um, but as far as I, I don't see if the Republicans take even one seat, then they win the house, which at this point is very likely to happen. Um, but my, my issue is as follows. We have a couple of problems with the, with the, with, you know, why the Republicans lost so, so much. Um, well, number one, you have the voting system itself and ignoring the, the shenanigans as Tim pool points out. The the new voting system where you could just vote by mail and you're not required to show up to the polling booth means that a lot of people who would not have voted are now voting.
1: So that's good, no?
0: No, it's not good. It's very bad. Why would that's you people want
1: that? Who, who usually? I mean, don't you want people to vote?
0: No, I no, not at all. Actually, believe it or this. Okay, Rhodey, the first rule is that you want educated voters who want to be at the polls. You don't want people who don't care enough to show up. Right? What hap- what happened in the old system, right? If you decided you were going to go vote, right? And then, you know, you would go, you would maybe read up on the candidates, you'd go show up in person, you'd cast your ballot. No one needs to even necessarily know who you're voting for, right? But now think about it this way, and this is Tim Pool explained this very well. Now everyone votes from home, right? So what happens? The, 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 the ballots come in, Democrat mom, who, who has like 18, 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds at home because the kids aren't working because the economy sucks. She now tells the kids, OK, guys, we're now voting. We're voting for Democrats. OK, everyone come vote. We're going to vote. And the kids who might not have voted on their own, they're now just going to fill out the ballot. They don't really care who wins. They're not interested in politics, right? They go, they vote, and they do what they're told, right? These are people that would not have voted earlier they should not be voting, right? You have a lot of projections based on voter demographics, but the people who would not have voted, they're not going to answer poll information. They're not going to give accurate poll information because they don't care enough to answer a survey. They just vote or they're told to vote on the day that they're voting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got it. So it's, it's a matter of like, should these people be voting if they can't be bothered to get to the polling station? The Democrats make a lot of votes come through that because the Democrat voter base is in the city. So you can go and canvas an entire apartment building for but for Republicans to do something similar and realistically, they would need to drive miles and miles and miles and miles. So a lot of this, even just assuming that everything is above board, universal mail-in voting favors Democrats. That's just the reality. And until the Republicans can get a tamp can get a can get that down can kind of put a put a stop to that it's not going to stop we saw what happens in a state where there is no universal mail-in voting we saw that in in florida florida is more red than california is blue wow ron desantis ron desantis won by over one million votes total blowout total Mm -hmm. blowout it was it was nuts right so the, right. right so the reality is is that we see um, that you know when 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 the Republicans are not trying to grapple with the universal mail-in voting um, we see we see that uh, uh, we see that um, we see that the Republicans can win right um, let's but let's look at voter turnout. By Because I think that's another issue that I think the Republicans need to kind of grapple with. Um, we, we've, we very much need to talk about uh, why uh, the Democrats are winning here. So I'm looking at 2020. I don't actually know where people got their 2022 demographics. I'm going to look that up for a second. 2022 voter demographics. Because I saw something very interesting that I wanted to... Um, okay, perfect. So I'm looking at the Hill. Researchers say 2022 election had second highest younger voter turnout in the last 30 years, right? Um, nearly 30% of young adults between the ages of 18 and 29 are estimated to have voted in 2022 midterm elections, making the second highest youth turnout in three decades. That's according to new research from the Center for information okay so this is Tufts University they did a, they did research already on the on the 2022 midterm which by the way it's crazy that we have these um numbers on the 2022 midterm before we even have the results yeah wow. that's kind of wow. nuts yeah so it's youth prefer Democrat okay let's show this the young voters are not a monolith and their vote choice varies wildly by gender, race, ethnicity, and other factors. Our analysis of national youth vote for U.S. House candidates by various demographic groups highlights the vote choice of young women was 71% Democrats, 26% for Republicans, compared to 53 versus 42 by young men. Right? So if you're looking at, um, if you're looking at young people, right, young people, voted 63% Democrat. This is people between the ages of 18 and 29, right?
1: Makes sense.
0: Right. But then you go to... um, Then you go to women, right? Women voted 71% Democrat.
1: Wow. I'm actually not surprised.
0: Right. But you have to understand... This is kind of crazy. Like, this is very crazy, actually. And, uh, by the way, just in case you're wondering, I got it from the Tufts uh, Circle Center for Information and Research on Civic Learning and Engagement. So this is where I got my information from. Uh, why are women voting?
1: Is that is that a rhetorical question? <laughs> or are you actually asking?
0: No, I'm actually asking, like, why are we allowing women to vote? This is just like a, like, like can you like the the country would become based on these numbers alone, based on these numbers alone, you repeal the seventeenth amendment, no, the nineteenth amendment, sorry, the country would become a better place infinitely tomorrow <laughs> no I'm
1: do you even hear the words coming out of your mouth
0: <laughs> uh, i yes I, I I'm saying this unironically no, well, I also saw numbers that said that married women were more likely to vote for Republicans, but okay so let's talk about unmarried women um why are unmarried women voting like why do i mean,
1: it's like, just i mean because they have the same rights as men do but should they <laughs> are you really asking that
0: <laughs> i mean i'm, I'm kind of half kidding but i'm also kind of not and i'll tell you why um no it, it 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 it's been it's a thought that's been going on in my head a lot and and I'll tell you what I've been thinking recently. I've been thinking and that there's a problem with this kind of women's rights movement, and not just from like there's many things wrong with it, but one of the things as a man I have a problem with, and this is something that I've been reading about a lot and something that I've been really kind of grappling with, is that women are entering these men that these these traditionally male spaces, right? And the problem then becomes men used to excel in these areas to impress women, right? And now that women can come into these spaces and these spaces haven't really gotten bigger to account for the fact that, you know, there's now a chance that it can double in size because now a whole gender just kind of entered the workforce or entered the universities, right? The reality is, is that, you know, these are spaces that are for men, and that, you know, when women took these spaces, a lot of men either were forced out entirely or now these spaces don't mean the same things that they used to do to men. Because it used to be that men would go into certain professions or they would do certain things in order to impress women, really. Think about it. But now that women can do all these things that men can do, men just aren't that impressive anymore, right? But when you need, when you want men in... Like, listen, if you just care about individuals right? Then nothing that I said was an issue, right? But if you want people to be happy and you want people to be in relationships and you want people to kind of get along, right? Then you can't live in a society where men don't have anything to offer to women. And yes, part of it is that men are pathetic. But part of the reason I think they're pathetic is because you took all the things that made them not pathetic away from them. Imagine, imagine what?
1: No, I was going to say you're you're going off uh, tangent a little bit. you want to try to bring it back to what we were talking about?
0: Well, well hold on a minute. So I, I think because these things are – because men and women are different. You're right. I did go off on a tangent a bit. But I guess part of that is because I think men and women are different, they look for different things in candidates just like – they look for different things in a relationship. They look for different things in a work in the workforce. We see that men are much more likely, for example, to work like endless hours. They're much more likely to put in the effort and to go the extra mile. Where women kind of want more of a, a of a work life balance, right? Um, so I assume that's probably different uh, in the political it's sphere serious. as well. What
1: you're talking about values.
0: I mean, yeah, I think there, are, I think there are values that are typically associated with men, and I think there are values that are typically associated with women. Um, and by the way, that's not wrong in and of itself. I think that you know, if women value certain things, that's important because that's kind of the exchange between the sexes, right? If the sexes you know if the sexes agreed on everything there wouldn't be much impetus for them to kind of get married because the marriage is kind of the 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 tension between the genders on on some level right but part of that is is that if men and women look at the world differently then the choices that they're going to make when it comes to candidates and when they come to when it comes to the polling booth it's going to be different right
1: yeah i mean For example, I guess when it comes to abortion, I guess women would care more than men do. So I guess that would have an effect on who they choose in their voting process as well.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, if you take the circle seriously, which maybe you shouldn't, I don't know. But it says that abortion was, as in every election, young people were motivated to vote by a range of issues and different youth may prioritize and view those issues differently based on their identities and experiences. Uh, We find that young voters were the only age group to cite abortion as the issue that most influenced their vote. 80% of youth who want abortion to be legal voted for a Democrat, and 89% of youth who want it to be illegal voted for a Republican, right? So just to look at this pie chart, no, it's a pie chart, it's a a bar graph. Um, This bar graph Shows the percentage of people who voted on certain issues, right? So it looks like abortion, right? Abortion was the was the number one issue, only for people between the ages of eighteen and twenty nine. Everyone else was more concerned about inflation, right? Which I guess to me makes sense. Uh, I mean, think about it, because if you if you're and and this is partly why I'm pro student loan forgiveness. Um, if you have no wealth to speak of, you're not going to vote about the economy because the economy doesn't work for you anyways. Who cares? You, you don't have any money. You, you don't have a job. You live with your parents. Who cares about inflation? Who cares about crime? You live in your parents' house and some, you know, like crime doesn't concern you. Immigration, who cares? None of it concerns you. The number one thing that convert, concerns you is whether you can get rid of the results of of you screwing around with someone that's really the issue right no that's really what it is right think about that's that's really what abortion is it's the ability to kind of uh shirk your parental responsibilities to the human being that you that was created as a result of uh you know sexual intercourse right so that's that's kind of the issue it's to me you know it looks like a i don't even think that that's necessarily a gendered issue because i could see why you know both men and women would both support and uh defend uh, support and oppose abortion for their own interests right because both men and women can be moral people who will oppose abortion because i think that's really the only reason to oppose abortion but i think women might want Abortions so that if they have sex they can kind of get rid of the baby because they might not be ready for a baby this that and i actually think men might like abortions because it allows them to they can pressure a woman to get an abortion and then shirk their fatherly responsibilities yes correct right so um but yeah like you were saying because men and women look at the world differently, their voting priorities are different. Right. And that's why I think, you know, 71% of women between the ages of 18 and 29 voted for Democrats because they look at the world fundamentally differently from men.
1: Yeah. But I still think that there should be a lot of vote.
0: <laughs> I mean, but isn't voting like, okay. So let me ask you a question. If you're voting right for the future of the country, you want to decide the future of the country, doesn't that mean on some level you have a responsibility to create a future for the country?
1: I guess. Yeah.
0: Right. But if these women, but nowadays a lot of women, they, they don't want to, they don't want to be responsible for anything. They don't want to have kids. They don't want to get married. Right. How many of those women, the 71% who voted for Democrats, how many of them do you think were not married? I
1: have no idea.
0: I don't know either. But I imagine a lot of them because most people in the United States are not married at this point. At least, Certainly Mm -hmm. young people are not married, right? So if 71% of young Democrat women or young women voted Democrat, right? I have to imagine that a large majority of them were single, right? So these women are single. They're not having kids. They're not being responsible members of society, right? Why should I give them the right to vote when they don't have an interest in the continuation of the country. Well,
1: who says that they don't?
0: Well, they can't by definition because they're not interested in continuing the country because the country needs to continue. The country continues when they have kids and those kids have kids and those kids have kids, right? That's how you continue the country. Where are you going to get the new people from?
1: Well, I, I mean, they might be interested, just like not now. Because, yeah, the unfortunate reality is they're focusing on their careers, and a lot of them are not getting married until they're in their thirties. Like, but, but I the think reality, they're, they're still interested. The re- no,
0: nah, not necessarily. But more importantly, it doesn't matter if they're interested; it matters what they're going to do about it. And the reality is, is that women should know that you know they're on a clock. They're not exactly, a, you know, they can't have kids forever. They're not men; they can't have kids till they're like fifty, sixty. They're women. By the time they hit age thirty-five, their ability to have kids hits hits a hits the floor, right? It goes it 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 drops precipitously, right? So you can't have this world where these young women are not interested in getting married, they're not interested in having kids, they're they're looking to get careers, and then all of a sudden, you know, oh, they want to decide how the country is going to go. I'm sorry, you don't get to do that maybe get married and then maybe you can talk your husband into voting the way you want to do that. And maybe by then you'll figure out something that's worth preserving. I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, I get it. There are women out there who know how to vote, but I see just, I see like, if you took away the entire female vote, you repealed the 19th amendment and you, you told men that they have to decide the, the way the country goes. Um, I see that the country, the, the Republicans would never lose another election ever again.
1: Interesting take.
0: So, yeah. Anyways, is there anything else we need to go over? Um, I mean, I think the candidates were pretty bad for the Republicans. They didn't have good candidates, the Republicans. Dr. Oz, what a bad candidate. Um, They elected this vegetable guy. There was the big uh, election in Arizona. There was the Georgia election, uh, Herschel Walker versus Raphael Warnock. Um, Marjorie Taylor Greene managed to keep her seat. Lauren Boebert, I think, lost hers. Um, it was actually very funny because Marjorie Taylor Greene's opponent was like if I'm elected to Congress I'm going to spend more time with the people of Georgia it's like that's not your job buddy your job is to be in Washington <laughs> that's, yeah. that's that's definitely not your job oh my god Um, what else there were some pretty big elections oh there was Kate uh, what's her name Hutchell versus Zeldin of course Zeldin lost he was running as a Republican in New York uh, like I said before um, Beto O'Rourke, oh Beto O'Rourke lost the third time. He lost. Stacey Abrams got BTFO'd. There was some good. Uh, there was some good. Uh, good stuff over there. Um, yeah, but I think that Demo- the Republicans in general were not fielding good candidates, and that's why they lost. Um, so I think between those reasons, I think that Dem- the Republicans did not win as much as they would have liked. Um, I think okay. that's why the red wave turned into a. Purple Puddle.
1: Purple Puddle, I love that.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's what it was. Although I did see a great Babylon B headline. It said, Selfish DeSantis hogs entire red wave for himself. That's funny. Yeah, it was a very funny headline. I, I, I kind of did chuckle. It was a bit sad, but I did chuckle. Anyways, yeah. So maybe next week we'll talk about Trump versus DeSantis and we'll kind of figure out what's going on over there. Uh, Ooh, but wow. in any case yeah, yeah no because there is some beef between them but we will have to wait till next week because we did go on for a little long anyways um this um yeah so i think this is going to be the end of the podcast this week uh thank you so much for tuning in um we really appreciate you tuning in to the podcast uh, it means a lot that you're listening to us uh please hit the like button uh share this with all your friends and subscribe to the channel in addition, you can comment on the video in YouTube or on Rumble. Uh, you can also reach out to us on Instagram. I also have a Twitter account now, and Rhodey will open one at his convenience. Uh, and then um, we're also on your favorite podcast platforms, such as Spotify, Apple, Google, etc. So if you want to listen to us there, you're more than welcome to on your drive to and from work. Uh We put a lot of effort into this podcast and we thank you for tuning in and we look forward to seeing you next time.